The following audio is from Norris Ferry Community Church. More information about Norris Ferry Community Church is available at norrisferrychurch.org. Well, good morning. It's good to be with you. I am Jared Clary. I'm the pastor over students and missions here at Norris Ferry, and so it's, it's great to be with you. We're taking a little detour off of Genesis uh, for a special occasion. We've got a little surprise and uh, a little fun um, at the end of the service for you this morning, and so I'm sure that you will enjoy that. But before we get to that, what I wanted to do is kind of set the stage and look at, at a passage. If you've got your Bible, you can go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 28, and then you can also flip to the very end and find Revelation chapter 7, the passage that Tracy read for us this morning. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 28 and, Matthew, or, and Revelation chapter 7. So you can be in those two places. As a kid, I was always in church. The rule in our house was if you live under this roof, then you go to church, um, which may be the rule for some of your houses. But I, I was always at church, and so I had some buddies there, and I became what I affectionately call some of these children now as church rats. You know, the ones who know where all the snacks are hidden and can find them. And who, even if it's locked, you know how to get in there. It's called creative access, right? You know where they're hidden. You know how to get it. You know all the best hiding spots. You know all of the places. I, was, I grew up in an, an old church that had like a balcony that was off limits for most people. It was really cool up there. But we knew all the ins and outs of the church. It was familiar to us. We knew all the best places. We knew how to get around. You know, familiarity is a, is a unique thing because once you become familiar with something, then it loses something as well. So when you become familiar with something, then it loses kind of this awe and wonder which once captivated you. You know, like a magic trick or a Ripley's Believe It or Not show. They're just not the same to see it the second time. Once you know how it's done or once you know the tricks, then it doesn't captivate you. Or a headline or a soundbite that doesn't captivate you once it becomes familiar. So it loses the wow. But there's something to familiarity which goes much deeper. In that you understand the nuances of it. And you understand the depth and the appreciation for the small things. You see the way it works into all these different places. That's what a good art piece does. Is The more you look at it, the more you see. There's nuances which the one that's unfamiliar doesn't get. And that's what we're going to see in this text. It's a text that's so familiar that many of us, it may have lost the wow. It may not hit you the way it did the first time you read it or the first time you understood this truth. So what I want to do this morning is I want to recapture the awe and the wonder of this text. But then I also want to work these nuances down into our life of what it looks like to be familiar with a text like the Great Commission. So let's pray and ask the Lord to do that. God, we do come to you, God, and we ask that you would captivate us with your word, with the truth of your word, with the implications of your word. God, that, that we would walk away excited about the gospel. God, I pray that, that it would rekindle the passions of when we first understood this text. 
God, I pray that also as we look at this text, Lord, that you would work deep into our life and bring to memory the nuances of your faithfulness. Lord, of how you have always been there. Lord, of how you're working your plan for your glory and for our real good. Lord, so we do ask that you would work in our lives this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's read this familiar text. It's Matthew chapter 28. It's the end of the gospel. It's before Jesus is is leaving. He's about to ascend and go into heaven. And here's what he says, starting in verse 16. It says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. See, Jesus in this passage is so familiar to us, but I love the way that it, it happens. He, he starts with, I have all authority. And then he gives a command. And then he says, I'm always with you. You see, he bookends this command with this incredible passage that says, I have all authority. We've seen that. As we've walked through Genesis, that Jesus spoke everything into existence. There's not a thing that exists that he didn't create. He spoke it into existence. He sustains it, as Colossians talks about. That he has all authority. We just talked about with the students this last couple weeks, we talked about that Jesus has power over all things. Just read the Gospels. He has power over the weather. He has power over sickness. He has power over the demons. He has power over death. He has all authority, all power, all authority. And then he gives the command. Now, it can be understood sometimes in our English translations that we think the command is go. In this passage, the command's not go. The command is make disciples. Going is how you make disciples. The command is to make disciples. It's a clear command as A great way to read the scriptures is for you to say, is there a command for me to obey in this passage? Is there a promise for me to hold on to? Is there a truth for me to uphold? And here we clearly see that there is not just a suggestion, there is a command to make disciples. You see, you think about it a minute, that you and I are here in this room today because someone followed through on this command. Someone shared the gospel with you. Someone invited you to come and learn the teachings of Jesus. And God did an awesome work. Maybe he's doing an awesome work in you this morning. But you're here today because someone obeyed this command. So the the wow of this passage, think back to when you first read this passage and and it first hit you that, that the God of the universe who has all authority, says through you, I have a purpose and a plan that I want to restore a people and a planet to myself through you. Through you. That's his plan. It's through you passing the baton to the next person, the next generation 
your children, your coworkers, your neighbor, the people on your sports team, maybe the ones you coach, maybe it's your coach. Maybe it's the grocery store, the bank teller, the random person on the street. By you passing the baton and making disciples, Jesus says, as we saw in Revelation, if you want to flip there, Revelation chapter 7, I love this passage. Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. So this is a vision that, that John has been given. And he says, after this I looked. John's speaking here, and so he's given this vision into heaven of what it's going to be like at the end. He says, and I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number. From every nation from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. See, we know the way it's going to end. We've been given a command to fulfill, but we know the way it's going to end. This is a no-lose situation. Jesus gives us a command and says, I have all authority for it to be accomplished. Let me show you the end of how it's going to end, what it's going to look like. And then he says, go do it. So let me ask the question, are you making disciples? The very real application of this text is, are you making disciples? Not, have you made disciples in the past in college when you had a lot of time? When you could go sit at coffee shops for hours upon time? But, but today, tomorrow, who are you discipling? Who are you intentionally investing in in order that they would grow spiritually? See, it's a clear command in the scripture that if we're not doing this, we're being disobedient. Kind of reorients our life. Says what's important in life. Jesus said, make disciples. But he says it in a way that ought to give us boldness to make disciples. You see, we've been sent on a mission that cannot fail by the one who has all authority. So we ought to be bold in sharing the good news of Jesus. We ought to be bold in proclaiming that God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whoever would believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. We ought to be bold in proclaiming this message of good news that, Jesus didn't, that God didn't send his son into the world to condemn it, but to save it through you, through me, being faithful to make disciples. See, that's the wow. God wants to use you to accomplish his plan. Yeah, all your sinful tendencies, all of your failures in the past, all of your failures in the future, God wants to use you to accomplish his plan. That at the throne of Jesus, then there will be a multitude of people that cannot be numbered from every tribe and tongue and nation saying salvation belongs to our God and to the Lamb.
Are you going to be a part of it? We've all seen relay races, and we know how relays are won and lost. It's at the baton being handed off. If the baton drops, they're disqualified from the race. So let me ask you, who are you handing the baton to? Who are you going to entrust with the commands of Scripture, not just to believe them personally, but to pass them on again? See, a pastor once said, he said, your faith is definitely personal, but it was never intended to be private. Let me say that again. Your faith is personal, but it was never intended to be private. Someone told you the scriptures in order that you might tell someone else. Someone made a disciple out of you in order that you might make a disciple out of someone else. We have a clear command from the scriptures. I love reading missionary biographies. It's one of the things that I find most encouraging for me and most challenging. It makes me feel about that big, but it gives me hope for the future, right? But why I love them is because you get to see real live people with a lot of mess that God uses in incredible ways to make disciples of every tribe and tongue and nation by being faithful, by being obedient and being faithful. As we've been saying throughout Genesis, they trusted and they obeyed. One of the first missionary biographies that I remember reading was by a guy named Brother Andrew. He wrote a book called God Smuggler. Some of y'all may have read it. If you haven't, it's a great little book. It's a page burner. You might stay up late reading it. But here was this guy who was just an ordinary Joe who God had impressed upon his life that people needed the scripture behind the Iron Curtain. And so he risked his life to get these people the word of God. He risked his life, and as you read this biography, then you see these different moments where the Holy Spirit convicts him about different things, about that he shouldn't lie. It's like, I'm smuggling Bibles in. Can't I lie to the guard and tell him I don't have Bibles? And he was so convicted that he shouldn't lie and that God was powerful, that he had all authority. And so he trusted God. So he pulled up to the gate, and the guard asked him, do you have Bibles? And he said, yeah, I have a whole case in my truck. And the guard laughed and waved him through. (laughs) He trusted and obeyed. And God, who had all authority, made the way. Was faithful to sustain him. Was faithful to accomplish his goal. Because it's not... It wasn't Brother Andrew's goal. It was God's goal to make disciples of all nations. And God was going to use him. There's another missionary, John Patton. He was a missionary to New Hebrides, which is over by Fiji. Rough place to go. But back when he was going, then there were cannibals there. So it was a rough place to go. And as he was planning to go, then... He made known his plans, and and a man kept coming to him, and and he would say, John, you'll be eaten by cannibals if you go. And John, I think he might have had a little chip on his shoulder, maybe not. The way I read it, he kind of did, and he said, whether I die here and am eaten by worms or whether I serve the Lord and die there and am eaten by cannibals, when I resurrect and see my Lord, it shall be in a glorious form. 
You see, he was captivated by the command to go and make disciples of all nations. And that people couldn't trust in Jesus if they never heard about him. So he was serious about being obedient to the call. It's another guy. You may have heard him on the radio, David Jeremiah. He says, God's man in the center of God's will is immortal until God is finished with him. Let me say it again. God's man in the center of God's will is immortal until God is finished with him. See, God has a plan for your life. He's got a purpose for you that's wrapped up in making disciples of all nations. But I love the way that the IMB does their missionary application because they ask a question on this missionary application for people that want to go to the ends of the earth to share the gospel, and they say, who have you shared the gospel with here? Who have you led to the Lord in your community now? Because they understand you don't become a great missionary by moving a long way away to be able to share the gospel with people. It starts by making disciples now. Maybe it's the bedroom of your child down the hall. Maybe it's your coworker who's in the office next door. Maybe it's your classmate who you're going to go study with after this service. It starts today. Will you be obedient? Will you be faithful? To the command. But let's look at this nuances. What's the nuance that works this captivating passage into our life? It's the nuance that, that Jesus says, I will be with you even to the end of the age. See, if you've never been in a place sitting at a gate telling a guard you have Bibles in your truck, then you've probably never experienced to see the Lord's faithfulness in that moment. That he was with you. Whatever the high mountain, whatever the low valley, he's with you. Whatever the struggles, he's with you. You see, you just read the scriptures and you see that God uses all sorts of messed up people. People with stammering tongues to communicate to the kings. People with broken paths to be a light of the gospel. He's with you. You see, that's the nuance that works in. That's, the, that's where it gets richer and richer and deeper and deeper. The more you walk in faithful obedience, the more you see he wasn't with me all the time. He didn't abandon me. I didn't feel him, but he was with me. He was working it for my good and for his glory. See, God is faithful. He will never leave you or forsake you. It's in these moments when we walk in faithful obedience to what seems like impossible odds that we get to experience God's faithfulness. John Patton has another quote that I love. He says, I had my nearest and most intimate glimpses of the presence of my Lord in those dreaded moments when musket, club, or spear was being leveled at my life. Now that ought to make us chuckle just a little bit. He was like, And I got real close to Jesus when they were about to take my head off. Yeah. God, there's no way out of this without you. I'm with you. Walk in faithful obedience. God, I'm scared to death to share the gospel with my boss. I'm with you. 
walk in faithful obedience. You see, he never leaves us. He bookends the command to make disciples with, I have all authority and I'll never leave you. I am with you always. So let me ask again the question, will you make disciples? Will you be obedient to what God has called you to do? Like I said, I love reading missionary biographies because they encourage and challenge me in my faith. But I also love spending time with missionaries for those same exact reasons. They've got flaws. They've got sinful tendencies. But they're being obedient. And God's using them in an incredible way to communicate the gospel. That at the throne room, there will be myriads of people, too numerous to be numbered. And they'll be there because of faithful missionaries going and communicating the gospel. So I want to invite Matt and Angie Johnson. They're some of our missionaries back from Panama. I want to invite them to come up and, and us just have a little talk. And for, uh, for them to be able to share, I pray that you're encouraged by this, that you're also challenged by this, and that uh, you'll know some ways that we can partner with them in the days going ahead. All right, so Matt and Angie, y'all have been gone for a little bit, so why don't y'all just start by introducing who you are. We've got guests, we've got new members, we've got people who may not have met you yet, and so why don't y'all just introduce who you are. Uh, Matt and Angie Johnson, of course. Um, uh, let's see, there's a picture of our family up there. Uh, Ian Johnson, our son, 14, just turned 14, and Reeves, our daughter, uh, just turned 11. And so um, we're excited, and, and thank you all for uh, all the support and prayers that you all send to us, the folks that do know us and everything. So that is a huge blessing. A um, few of you know our story. Um, for those who don't, we actually left a year and nine months ago to Costa Rica, um, to live and serve in Costa Rica, San Jose. Uh, went to language school for a year, and in that time, the Lord, um, unbeknownst to us, was guiding our path a different direction. Uh, we ended up one country further to the east. It may seem south, but it's actually a little east um, in Panama. Uh, we didn't know we were going to be there, but we ended there, and that's a really good story. Uh, but it's too long to tell right now. Um, we were blessed to be able to go to Panama. Uh, the other picture is of our team. We actually serve with other folks. They do other mis- uh, ministries around Panama, the city of Panama and the country. Um, but we have them as a resource. We have them as a resource of knowledge. Um, they've been on the field, uh, one couple 14 years, the other couple seven years in different countries, and then our team leader who's been on the field for about four years. And so um, we have them as accountability partners, prayer partners, and we meet once a week to kind of go over struggles. But that's our team, and that's where we are serving in Panama. Now, are y'all super Christians? Yes. Uh, I, I yes. <laughs> so, I mean, y'all are doing this missionary thing, so she so is. I am like, not super, right? Well, tell us what what have y'all been doing um, in the time that y'all have been in Panama? Well, for those of you that know us, we are not super Christians. Those those flawed people that Jared was talking about, I couldn't lie to you. Y'all know us too well to know um, <laughs> that we are not without our flaws. We're just ordinary people who God called to do something, and we said yes. And we're convinced, just like God called us, God's called everybody to do something. So we don't know what your something is, but 
we do know that when you say yes to the Lord, it's amazing how he provides. So anyway, that wasn't your question. But so what have we been doing in Panama? There's basically three areas of ministry that the Lord has kind of um, led us to. The first uh, ministry that we're involved in is Global Fingerprints. Um, Global Fingerprints is a child sponsorship program um, through Reach Global, who's our sending organization. Something interesting about Panama are the orphanages there. Um, when we think of orphanages, you think of orphans, but um, the majority of kids in orphanages in Panama are not true orphans. Um, they kind of have an in and out system. So I guess um, the kids have the ability, if they feel like they're not being cared for, can actually go to an orphanage and check themselves in. And also, um, if Jared and Kristen fell on hard times and decided they did not have the means which to care for their kids, they could go to the orphanage and say, I'm leaving my kids with you. They need a bigger orphanage. Yeah, they do. <laughs> it's crazy people with all these kids, I'm telling you. That's a calling right there. But, um, yeah, it's just the, the, the fact that they can just drop the kids off. And there's just so much turnover in the orphanages. So there's just a lot of abuse that goes on there. Um, for those that have studied attachment, we know that that's not a, a good thing. There's, it's just not a good care system for these kids. And so what Global Fingerprints does is it's a sponsorship program. It sponsors, um, it pairs up with someone here in the U.S. It says, hey, I want to sponsor this child. And the focus of it is the fingerprint part is just to show the fingerprint of Christ on their lives. And the point is to find a way to keep these kids in the home. And so the sponsorship program allows the parents to care for their children. And um, part of that is physical, emotional, spiritual. We have incredible Panamanian ladies that aren't even receiving a salary. They're just doing it out of a volunteer basis that are going into these homes once a month and sharing the gospel with these families. That's the requirement. Most of these ladies are going in two and sometimes even three times a month just to share the gospel in these homes. And so um, that's amazing. As you see, there's medical there. Um, something that's just common overseas is, is parasites. Um, it's something that we've come to know a little bit about. Uh, when I was in Costa Rica, personally, personally um, I was having stomach issues. We'll just say that. And um, I was telling a fellow missionary about it. She'd been on the field for five or six years. And I was just like, I don't know what to do. And this is what's going on. And I tried this and I tried this. And she said, hold up. And she walked in her kitchen and she came back with this little box. And she said, girl, you got something living in you and it's not the Holy Spirit. <laughs> And I said, oh, really? And she said, take these in the morning. And I took them in the morning, and my life changed for the better. Like, it was amazing. But y'all, these kids are out there, and they're not getting that treatment. And they're living with that discomfort daily. Um, and so what you see right there, those two little girls, they're drinking their parasite medicine. They are global fingerprint kids. And so they are being treated for parasite. Our goal is to have these kids treated every three months, which has proven to be pretty good at, at um, killing those parasites. There's studies that just came out that said the kids under the age of seven who have um, parasites or worms, just the effect that it has on their IQ. And so that just breaks my heart um, to see them suffering. So we're really excited. The great thing about this program is it works with the local church. And so it's not us coming in as the United States people and saying, here, let me help you. But we empower the Panamanian church, the Panamanians to go out and to care for their own. And that's what I love about this program because it's not us, it's empowering them um, to do it. And it's just another way of discipling. And um, so it's been incredible, but I'll let Matt tell you the others. Yeah. So one of the, um, one of the other ministries that I'm heavily involved in, um, and one of our, we have another team member is the Imbara Indians. 
Um, up on the, so the, the canal goes into a large lake. To go through one of the locks, you get into Lake Gatun, which is a very large body of water, very high up. It's actually 27 meters higher than the ocean sea level. And so that was the problem of getting over the Isthmus of Panama. I said it right this time. Um, anyway, uh, up that, into that lake feeds the Chagres River, which is a large body of water too that they could not control and the reason that they had to do the locks as well. Um, on that is the Imbra Indians who are indigenous. They are one of the, they are Americans too, so they're Native Americans. They consider themselves, uh, you can't say you're an American because they'll say try again, we are too. And so <laughs> you have to tell them you're from the U.S. But um, wonderful people. Uh, they love, um, they, they like having visitors, uh, but it's one of the things that they've had to do. Uh, they live on a reservation, so to speak. It's a national forest. And to be able to live there and do life as they want to do it, the government said, you have to do the tourist thing. That's the only way you can make money. So they have to do the dance. They do the show. They tell their story. Um, they say they like telling their story. They actually enjoy telling other people about their heritage. But um, we were there, and we were actually allowed to go. Uh, we've been allowed to go a few times, not as tourists, but as friends. And so we're invited to the village. We show up, and we just spend time with them. We go to their house. A lot of their houses look, well, not all their houses, but some of them look like the one in the bottom in the middle there. That's Valerio's house. He is the leader of the church, uh, leader of the, one of the leaders of the village and, and the pastor. And we were sitting around um, one of the privileges that we've been allowed to do, Angie and Reeves, in one of the photos there. They're actually cooking, and so they're helping cook, which is, which is a privilege uh, to be allowed into their kitchens and to help them with any kind of meal prep or anything like that, being an outsider. And so with that, we were sitting around, and we were like, you know, some things we want to ask Valerio. And Angie just said, what are your two biggest needs, Valerio? And he was like, well, I have two great needs. One, as you can see by the tanks, he said, they used to have a long time ago, for a short time, they had clean water. He said, somebody came in and put all these tanks here and did all this stuff, and then they left. I don't, know, I, I don't know what it does. I just know water comes in here, goes through these rocks, and then comes out here, and it's supposed to be filtered. We still get sick. We still have frogs in the water. We still have parasites. I don't understand. Nobody ever taught him anything. They just, they just brought it, dumped it, and left. And so he said, I'd like clean water, and I'd like to know how to maintain it and keep it. I want to do it myself. And I said, okay, as long as you want to own it, we're good with that. What's the next thing? And he said, discipleship. We're like, really? You're a pastor? And he's like, well, no, I want to know how to disciple others. I don't think I know how to do that well. And so when he said that, we realized that we were willing to do the water project as well because I don't want to just dump something on his lap and him not to be able to reproduce. And so for him to be able to reproduce and create disciples was a great thing. And if I can do discipleship with him and he can create disciples that create disciples. We've done it. We've developed, we've empowered, and we've released people. And so with that, that's what we're hoping to do with him in the village there. And so that's a great honor, and and hugely. hopefully in a couple of years we'll be able to sit back and watch that happen um, and watch him do that, and then he can watch others as well. The second thing or the third thing that we do is um, uh, church planning, which it's kind of funny because... I would never think of myself as a church planner. I mean, seriously, those are the last words in my, out of coming out of my mouth. Oh, I'm a church planner. But now they are. And so the Lord has a strange way of making you do things you never thought you would do and using the skills you already had. So this is our church, Refugio de Gracia. Um, it's not that big. 
uh, as far as the number of people, normally there's about 40 or 50 on Sunday, um, maybe a little less. But um, we had a VBS, and in that VBS, uh, we only have about six or seven kids in the, in the children's program, but for a week, we had over 100 children show up from different communities. Um, way far, I mean, far away, they rode buses to get there. They came in from buses and on buses. And so um, the blessing of that is these kids really don't know VBSs. They're not really common like they are here. And so for them to do something like this was a big deal. They got a lunch, which was a meal. That was kind of the big draw, but they also heard the gospel. And with that blessing of the gospel, more kids have decided to continue to come to church. And the Lord saw fit that seven of them follow him. So we had seven children, sorry, (laughs) that made a decision. Sorry, that might have never gotten that chance. I mean, later in life, maybe. But they've made, it young, they've made it young enough that now they won't be stuck into to a life of something they don't want to do because they're forced to make money like drugs or prostitution or selling things. And so this, is a, this was a great deal. The other part about the church planning um, is that there's three young men in this church who have said, I will step up and I will learn and I will be trained as a pastor with the promise that in a few years when I feel it's ready and the Lord says that I'm ready, I will go make a new church. And so we have, cre- we have three young men, and they're really, really awesome guys. Uh, they work with the youth and the young adults group, and um, they really are moving forward fast because they have accepted this challenge. Um, our hope is in three years that we will plant three churches into some of these villages where some of these kids come from, and they will create new churches. And so, Incredible. Just awesome stuff of what the Lord's doing through you guys down there. So, so you could talk for days about how y'all have seen God's faithfulness, that he's, he's with you to the end of the age. But can y'all share a, a little bit about how y'all have seen God's faithfulness? So some of you know a few of our stories. Um, we could sit for hours and talk. Things happen. They're just strange sometimes. My sister says, you can't make up the stuff that happens to y'all, Angie. Um, one of those... Um, that y'all know about was our time at the border. We didn't plan on a short vacation at the Costa Rica-Panama border, but we stayed there for four days, and so did all of our stuff. Um, That was a tough time, y'all. Also, you see the police vehicle. Uh, My husband's in the back of it. Um, That was unexpected. Um, Yeah. (laughs) He spent a day at the Panamanian police. Y'all know about that if you were on Facebook. And that post was just at a point where I said, Lord, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm mad. I don't want to be here. I don't know what to pray. And I started posting to Facebook on Norris Ferry, and I was like, no, they don't care. And I was like, you know what? Someone's got to be praying along with me because I don't even know what to pray. And what I'm praying may not be nice. And so so I reached out to y'all. And I just want you to know those praying, praying, praying that came in, like it, it held me up. And I couldn't communicate with Matt. He didn't know what was going on. But um, thank you. For those of you that prayed, thank you. And God heard your prayers, and he came home. Praise Jesus. Um, But, y'all, those times are hard. And I don't know why we're surprised. Like, the Bible tells us, in this world, you'll have many troubles. Like, we know that. But, you know, the great part is that the Lord doesn't stop there. It says, Jesus says, but I have overcome the world. And um, we have seen God's faithfulness just in his word enacted in our lives, like in incredible ways. Um, some of our favorites that we've kind of clung to are um, Joshua 1.9. 
It says, have I not commanded you? And I love that. It's not a suggestion by the Lord. It's saying, hey, I'm commanding you. Like he's saying, hey, listen up. I'm not kidding here. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. It doesn't matter if you're in Shreveport or Timbuktu or Panama. Y'all, the Lord is with us. And he's saying, don't be frightened. Don't be dismayed. I'm here. And then Isaiah 41.10, it says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So when I'm like, hey, Lord, I'm scared. My husband's in the back of that police car and I know he's scared. He's saying, hey, fear not. I'm with you. And like, hey, Lord, I don't know if I can do this. He's saying, hey, be not dismayed. I'm your God. And you say, God, I can't do this. I don't have anything left. I will strengthen you. And when you feel helpless, God says, hey, I'll help you. And when you're at the very bottom and you think if one more person speaks to me in Spanish, like I am going to run away fast and I'm not even a runner. It says, hey, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. It's okay. And then another one of my favorites in Zephaniah, it says, the Lord your God is in your midst. When you're sitting there and you're like, God, where are you? And he says, I'm going to say it again. He says, hey, stupid, I'm right here. And the Lord calls me stupid sometimes. He may not call you that. But like the guy, God's saying, hey, Angie, I am right here. It says, I'm in your midst, a mighty one. I'm going to save you. And I'm going to rejoice over you with gladness. And I'm going to quiet you by my love. And guess what? I'm going to exalt over you with loud singing. I don't know about y'all, but sometimes I need to know that the Lord is singing over me. Sometimes I tell him, turn up the volume because I'm having trouble hearing it down here. But I can look at the word and I know that God is singing over me. I feel like such a mess most of the time. Somebody said, how are y'all doing over there? And I said, well, you know, I think I'm running at about... 30%. And I call that success. Like I'm moving forward. Cultural adaptation is hard. You do things that are wrong and you don't even know you're doing them that are wrong. But the Lord says, Hey, it's okay. I'm going to help you. And there's times when, I don't know, like you talk to somebody and you come away and you're like, I'm 65% sure they said, like, you're not even sure what you're communicating, (laughs) but the Lord knows. And he fills in our gaps. And so whatever it is the Lord's calling you to, whatever you're scared about doing, like we're up here to say you can be scared and it's okay because God is so much bigger than us. He doesn't expect us to do it in our own power. He just expects us to be obedient and to go and just to sit back and let him be in our midst, to let him uphold us and to give us courage where we just have lots and lots of fear. Yeah, awesome. I was so encouraged. I got to meet with them um, earlier, and so we talked through some of these things. And just the aspect of, of the Lord singing over us, um, of, of a father just praising, like seeing his children walk in obedience and, and maybe overcome fears or overcome being shy and scared, but to walk in obedience. And, you know, if you're a parent, you get that, um, of what that, of the Lord singing over us and rejoicing over us and just I've been dwelling on that this week um, since since we chatted so tell us how how can we pray for you guys just some real specific ways so um, of course as Angie said adaptation is difficult but language learning is also difficult um, especially when you put it put in your own mind that you have a block that you can't learn it and so (laughs) that's my problem but 
Um, we're praying through that. Um, anyway, language is difficult. Learning it in Costa Rica, they speak very pure, very slow, very clearly. Uh, when you get to Panama, people talk really fast and they don't want to know what, you know, they just kind of talk like this. And so it, it, their speed goes much faster. Um, and they're, they're muddled. It sounds like they just came from the dentist. They have cotton or marbles in their mouth. And so, wow, 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 wow. You're like, what did he just say? Okay. <laughs> Repeat, por favor. Más despacio and más claro es posible. <laughs> so anyway, it's, it really gets kind of, you know, it's kind of humorous to talk to them uh, sometimes because I'm like, I have no idea what he just said. I'm out of here. You know, I got, I got nothing. And so, but for that, that's what we really could use prayer with is the language because I can't share the gospel if I can't talk to them. And so, um, and I can't understand what the questions they ask. And so, um, as far as that, uh, a big prayer too is our ministry growth is that it continues to grow. Um, that we would continue to work with Valerio and see more disciples come to know Christ and then disciple others. That these Global Fingerprints children will see and they will understand the, the life that, that the Lord has for them. And that later on in life, 10 years down the road, that people will see the fingerprint of Christ on them. That they will see the impact that Christ has had for them. Um, as always, uh, financial support. Uh, we, are, we raise our own funds. And so with that... Uh, hundred percent. People come and people go. It's normal. It's it's common. Um, it's just what it is. And so we rely on the Lord and we rely on um, the faithfulness of others and the support of others. And so we do appreciate all those who are supporting us right now financially. And the biggest part is, of course, prayer, like we're talking about. Um, and then the big, the next one is our family. Um, just that uh, that we would continue to follow and seek and run and and strive with the Lord. We will work with Him. Um, Proverbs 16, nine tells us that I can make all the plans I want. We can make all the plans we want, but the Lord needs to guide our steps. He will guide our steps. And if you're following him and you try to outpace him, you will stumble, you will fall (laughs) and it will hurt. Um, but he will pick you up. But so we try to, our prayer is that we pace with the Lord, not in front of him and not behind him, but walk with him, um, humbly, but walk with him as he, as he guides our steps. Awesome. Well, uh, tell us also what are some some real specific ways that we can pray for you, but but how can we support y'all? How can we come alongside y'all as y'all are making disciples of all nations? How can we, in a sense, you said hold the ropes, but how can we hold the ropes? How can we come alongside you guys? So the first one's random, but it's important. Save your cell phones, tablets, etc. Americans like to upgrade. And when they upgrade, they don't know what to do with the old. And so it just lays there. Um, some people, some missionaries lose their phones, um, me. And um, to replace that in Panama is like five to $700. And so we were discussing this with the team that was down. He's like, oh, well, my family's got like three iPhone sixes in a drawer. And I was like, you what? And so he was able to get those down to us. And we're able to bless pastors and other people that are working in ministry with us. Communication is super important because traffic can be two hours into the city sometimes. And the phone systems don't always work. So to be able to send a message and those kind of things is, is super important. And so what a gift to be able to give a pastor who's struggling and feels like he needs something um, like that to be able to to give them that gift. Um, Also, we had a missionary. He had a phone three days old. He was pickpocketed and it was taken. So this is just what happens. We've lost a computer. We've lost a phone. It was shocking at first, but we're like, eh, missionary life. Like you just learned these are things that are going to happen. But if you have those laying around, get with Jared, say, hey, 
I have this. It probably needs to be like an iPhone 6 or higher just yeah. for the, the way I don't understand it, but that's what works in Panama 6 and up. But yeah, so if you have a tablet, if you have a phone that you're not using, pass those on to Jared and we'll figure out a way to get those um, down to Panama and to bless other missionaries and the pastors and people there with those. Um, pray, pray, pray. That's huge. Y'all, there's times I don't know what to pray. Um, there's times that I'm just like, hey, Lord. I'm here. You know that song, just say Jesus. I'm like, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Like there's just times you just don't know. And y'all experience it here too. But man, knowing other people are standing behind you in prayer is huge. Like I said, when those Facebook posts came up, praying, 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 I'm like, thank you, Lord. There's people with us because you feel alone. I was saying earlier, there's days when I look at Matt and I'm like, you have to be nice to me today because there's nobody else to be nice to me because we're just by ourselves sometimes. Not that he's really horrible and mean all the time, but you know, there's days I'm like, I'm extra nice today. Okay. Sugar and spice, baby. But, um, Man, when y'all think about us, um, you can sign up for our newsletter on the little thing that Kevin sends out just to know how more specifically to pray. And you know what's incredible is when people just send a note and say praying for you or send a little smiley face email um, that people do sometimes. So those of you that have sent stuff, it does not go unnoticed. And so it doesn't have to be eloquent or long. Think, oh, I don't have time to email. Hey, pray for you, period. That's it. If y'all can do that, you don't know how much that speaks to us because we do feel alone. And I'm not trying to sound sorrowful or pitiful, but just knowing the church is standing behind us and those times when we're just like, why are we doing this again? Like, and knowing there's people holding us up in prayer and holding the rope for us, like that's huge. So you can do that by email or just a message on Facebook. When you get a net newsletter, if you just hit reply, it comes right back to us. And then also partnering with us financially. Um, it's just a truth in our life right now. We are currently in need of 30 people at $50 a month. Um, it's where we are. Um, something else to do is to consider us in your year in giving, which was amazing last year at the year end when we were like, okay, Lord, financially, we're really hurting right now. Man, God was faithful and people gave year end and it was able to cover some of the gaps that we've had this year. God's good. He's faithful. He says he is, and he is. And so that's been amazing to see his provision in that. Um, J4 Journeys is our website. You can, it's sad. It's not a great website. Just be warned. Like if you look and think, oh man, I'd love to help them. Just help us. Like email me any help you feel like you can give us. We're open. Like, okay. Um, yeah, I, when I went on it, when I gave Jared told him about it. And I was like, Oh, people might actually click on this. Like Ian was this tall in the picture. I'm like, Oh, I haven't touched this website since Ian was this tall. And now he's here. So, um, yeah, but that's a good way to catch up with old newsletters. Also, it has links to give in there. Um, but thank y'all for each of one of you that are financial partners with us. Thank you. Um, a month doesn't pass that when I have to pull up and do our financial stuff that God just doesn't bring tears to my eyes. And we're able to give thanks for y'all um, just in incredible ways. And so y'all are a blessing to our lives. And y'all are part of this, whether you realize it or not, if you're praying, if you're giving, y'all are the reason that we're able to go out and, and make disciples like the Lord's called us to. Awesome. Well, um, Hopefully in the future, then y'all be hearing some more about some other ways that we can be involved. Um, we're working on a vision trip um, to go down, and so maybe bringing that to y'all to say, hey, are y'all on board with, um, there's some different possibilities about maybe adopting, you know, an area like the Embra or something like that and saying, hey, we want to we be the global fingerprint network. We want to take care of these kids um, through sponsorships, and we want to be a part of 
helping Pastor Valario um, in reaching these other nine villages with the gospel. And so hopefully you'll be hearing some more about that. Uh, we'll be going down for a vision trip and, and looking at that. But you've heard very clearly some different ways that you can be involved with cell phones or tablets um, and just being, a, being able to provide that for pastors, uh, praying for them, and then also financially giving. So if you'd like to know more about that, Kevin put that in This Week at Norris Ferry, and so you can find those links there. You can also talk to Matt and Angie. I want to give a quick announcement that you can put on your calendar Friday at 5 o'clock at the Granger's house. Then there's going to be a come-and-go little party for them, a send-off. And so that's going to be Friday at 5 o'clock, come and go. There's going to be hot dogs, a bonfire. You can come chat with them more. Um, but what I want to do right now is I want to have Matt and Angie come down here. And then I want to have some of y'all come and, and lay hands on them. And we're going to pray for them as they continue to make disciples of all nations. Just the, the vision of there's going to be people from Panama, from the Imbra, from these other villages that they work with who are going to be surrounding the throne and in one chorus singing, Salvation Belongs to Our God. And to the Lamb. And it's going to be an incredible picture of God's faithfulness, of how He uses broken people to accomplish His glorious purpose. And so, if you would, we're going to pray, and then uh, the band's going to come and lead us in one more song of worship. And so, if y'all would come. Y'all don't be shy. Come on. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for Matt and Angie and for Ian and Reeves. God, and we thank you for their obedience to, to follow your command to go and make disciples. Lord, and how they've been obedient to follow you to, to Costa Rica and to Panama. Lord, to trust your leading. God, and we pray that you would, you would give them favor with the people of Panama. God, that you would give them favor with the Imbra. That you would give them favor with those in the Global Fingerprints program. God, that, that you would guide them as they learn the language. Would you help them to retain that? Lord, would you help them to understand the culture and to learn the culture that they might better communicate the gospel, that they might not be a stumbling block, but that they would, they would be able to clearly communicate the truth of the scripture. Lord, to make disciples. Lord, I pray that, that you would give them favor with the government as they seek to go in with the Imbra as friends rather than tourists. I pray that that you would lead them and guide them in their steps. God, and we, we do pray that you would provide their funding, Lord, in a very practical way. Lord, would you raise up people who would partner with them, who would, who would hold the rope in that way that would, that would supply them with the funds that they need to be able to, to communicate the gospel, the funds that they need for the ministry that you've called them to. God, and we pray that, uh, that you would just continue to work through them. Lord, help them to remember your faithfulness. Lord, that you are with them, that you have all authority, and the things which you call them to, Lord, you'll supply the things that they need. Lord, would you work in their life? Would you help us to be faithful, to hold them up in prayer, to hold them up in support? We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Norris Ferry Community Church, located in Shreveport, Louisiana. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter the content in any way without permission. 
For more information about Norris Ferry Community Church, please visit us online at norrisferrychurch.org.